You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our Christmas baking series. We've been talking cookies. Today we get... Something very fancy. Very fancy <laughs> and um, not necessarily a cookie, but I think it's kind of sweet too. We'll get to that in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today... The Reverend William Swirla, Pastor Swirla, now retired and enjoying mm-hmm. retirement life and still doing baking and all kinds of fun stuff, I bet. Still doing some woodworking, too. Pastor Swirla, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Hey, great to be back. Blessed Advent to you guys. Thank you to you as well. And and congratulations on retirement life now, too. <laughs> enjoying retirement. What's that? I'm still in transition, so you're going to have to ask me in a while. Oh. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, you know, you don't realize how on call your body is until you're not on call anymore, you know, and, and I actually answer the phone, which, which I did when you called, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> I just, I just used to leave the phone, go to message so you can kind of filter and see what it is and what, and then I actually pick up the phone. So it's, it's, but it is an adjustment. It isn't, I, I have to say of all, of all the things, I think I miss the preaching and the liturgies the most because I'm not conducting it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so the, the the Lord is teaching me the, 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 the discipline of receiving, which is very difficult. Pre- preachers have a hard time sitting and listening to sermons. So, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're accustomed to hearing preaching in our own voice, but it, it's good. It's good for me, and I think it's, it's just good in general. So, yes, I'm sitting in silence and learning. Sounds kind of great. And I know you're doing some baking still. Oh, and- yeah. What kind of we're we're gonna we're gonna like rewind through history a little bit. What what was baking like around the Christmas holiday when you were a kid? Oh, child! Oh, wow! Child, I have a German mother, and and Germans own Christmas baking. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I know we all have our traditions, you know, every from you know Mexican grandmothers, and they're all great cooks, they're all great bakers, but. When it comes to Christmas baking, the Germans own it, you know. And uh, so, yeah, baking baking started pretty much in early December and continued unabated into the new year. Mom had probably, I, I would guess, probably about 20 varieties of cookies. Uh, she's an excellent cookie maker. And and for her, cookies, and it, she still talks about today, cookies need to be dried out, not, mm-hmm. not baked to a crisp. She didn't like crunchy cookies. She liked those, you know, the cookies that just kind of disintegrated when you bit into them. And so she had that nailed, that, that, that perfect doneness. So, yeah, I remember vast collections of cookies and brownies. And the fun thing was mom would bake them in advance, put them into tins, and then tuck them in our very cool basement. Of course, my brother and I knew all the hiding places. And so we would kind of <laughs> like get in there. And the trick was to try to remove one or two cookies without looking like they've been disturbed, you know. But you can only do that for so many days. And after a while, you know, the flies <laughs> coming down. I remember one time we just raided it just way too heavy. Boy, was mom mad. She was, you know, we we, we had ways. She put it under lock and key. We'd find the we'd find the key to the lock. And it was it was just, it was it was an amazing. That's kind of part of the whole family tradition for me is that that stealing Christmas cookies. So, yeah. And then, of course, mom made, made the, uh, her Christmas stolen. Not in the traditional way. She had kind of a cheater stolen. But, but, and I didn't like it because I don't like candied fruit. You know, the, the, those rubberized, yeah, they're horrible. Those are just terrible. But, but, but she also made kind of a, kind of a, a challah 
which was basically the same thing without the candied fruit, which I really like. So, yeah, fond memories. Fond memories of all those carbs. <laughs> <laughs> now, who who developed, how did you develop a, a, a love for baking? Because I know we've talked with you a couple of times about your um, enjoyment of baking. Well, you've got to be clear here. When it comes to cookies and pies and cakes, that's my wife's domain. Okay. Um, and so so my wife, Karen, does does all the cookies, pies, and cakes. And she does a nice job at, at Christmas. She kind of does a very, it's a metered sort of Christmas bake. And, and a lot of her cookie recipes, you can freeze the dough. And it's actually mm. better that way when you do. So, you know, we get these little little mini batches that come out at regular intervals, which is nice. And and so put together little plates for to, to, you know, give to people at church or to give to shut-ins or, you know, give to the neighbors. So that's, but uh, if it has yeast, then it's in my domain. So I do the, I do the yeasted things pretty much. And so yeasted breads and, and whatnot, that's, that's where I come in. And I, I, I've been doing it ever since I moved out of the house and didn't have access to mom's baking. And, you know, I started making mom's uh, egg bread, her challah, and kind of worked out from there. But about uh, eight or nine years ago, I, I took up bread making more seriously and, you know, began to kind of study it and talk to people who knew a lot about it. And um, then I got into sourdoughs and, and that kind of thing and haven't looked back since. So that's really my love is, is, is uh, sourdoughs and that kind of thing. There are yeasted holiday bread, you know, holidays, whether, whether they be, you know, whether it be for Easter or Christmas, it's always an excuse to, to amp up the richness. You know, normally my breads are considered, they're, they're lean, lean bread. So it's just flour, salt, water, and yeast, but get around the holidays. That's where, that's where the butter, <laughs> you know, and the milk and all the flavors come in. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun because breads take on a, a much more interesting and diverse flavor. Now you have a specific one, the Epiphany Star bread, and if you Google this, it's a beautiful looking bread. Can you tell us about this? Yeah, it, I think it, I think the original recipe I got from King Arthur Flour. That's a great resource for recipes that work consistently, and and you can actually toggle whether you want things in in, in weight grams or ounces or everything. So it's it's a they're very smart websites and really good recipes. But, you know, the star, which often factors into Christmas narratives, is really an epiphany uh, phenomenon. There was no star in Bethlehem. There were, there were shepherds and angels and all that, but not Christmas night. But the, the star comes later. And that's uh, the, the guiding star for the Magi. And they visit the child, not in the manger, but a house. And, you know, so the whole kind of, but everything gets kind of squished together, which is okay. You know, you want to just get everything in there. And so a star is often associated with, with Christmas. You have them on Christmas trees, the, the topper star. And, and so uh, a lot of cultures have a, a star bread. And uh, I don't know the origin of this one, but it, it's it's really nice. It's, it's your kind of standard enriched uh, bread, a lot of egg and butter and sugar in it. And so it's a sweet yeasted dough that you make into kind of a, a layered thing. You know, spring, I, I can't remember. No, you don't use the spring form pan. You just, you, you just roll it out, and but you make layers. And in between the layers, you put either jam or kind of a sweet uh, cream cheese kind of filling. And then you cut these arms and then give the arms like a full twist. 
And so the twist then creates this really nice pattern with when the layers, kind of like a crans cake, it creates this really nice sort of layered, almost a pastry sort of look. So it's a multi-legged star with a really beautiful center. When it's done right, I, I mine, mine never quite come out right. Mine kind of come out like sort of a Van Gogh star, <laughs> you know, it, 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 I would, it would not make it as a ghost opera on the great British baking show, I can assure you, but, but it is delicious and, and very impressive. So you have a nice eggy yeasted bread and uh, raspberry jam with lots of additional lemon zest works really nicely in there. It looks very pretty. Or you can go the way of sweetened cream cheese kind of concoction, cup dirt. So it's, it's so. more of a sweet type oh, yeah. bread. Do you top it with anything or do you, how do you <laughs> serve it? It needs no topping. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Although I think some recipes do drizzle an icing mm-hmm. or some, some dusted with powdered sugar. That looks nice too. But seriously, it really doesn't need anything. And I think if I remember before you bake it, uh, you brush it with butter. So that it, it, just in case there's not enough butter, of the course dough, you I do. Yeah, butter on the top, and and that gives a nice brown, nice you know, nice brown on on top. It, it's very very beautiful. It and it it leaves a big impression. You know, when you bring it to church potlucks and Christmas dinners and whatnot. You know, you bring one of those in, and that that gets a lot of oohs and ahs. If oohs and ahs are what you are after, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I got to on that topic, when you look at a lot of bread books like Peter Reinhardt or or Jeff Hamelman or what, they tend to make kind of a basic dough for holiday breads from which come all the holiday breads. So they, they, they kind of all trace themselves back to basically like a sweet brioche kind of dough. So it's very buttery, often has a lot of egg, and then additional egg yolk in it and and sugar or honey or that kind of thing. One of my favorites is the Italian panettone. That's the yeasted uh, holiday bread, too. And that thing's made really tall. It's made in a, a special form, but, but the thing is, you know, like a foot tall. And very light, not a dense bread. It's very, very light. Goes great with espresso, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we have about a minute-ish left. Do you have any any advice for its aspiring holiday bread makers? You are you are the expert we have on for this. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know, if you if you are a bread maker and you're accustomed to making yeasted breads, the thing you have to remember is all these additives, whether they be butter, eggs, excessive sugar, or honey in particular, these things tend to retard yeast action. So you kind of have to be aware that a lot of the a lot of the recipes have more yeast than you are uh, accustomed to adding. And uh, generally, sourdoughs don't work in this in this in this approach because the sourdough yeast is much lower action, but all those additives that make the bread so wonderfully delicious and so enriched also retard yeast action. So give it time, give it a nice warm place, be patient, and um, it, 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 it'll work. It'll work. <laughs> so what you're saying is this is a good thing to do in retirement when you have time <laughs> to relax and let well, do yeah, it. Give it, give it time. The thing about, the thing about yeasted breads is that this is this is not for the person in a hurry. You know, you uh, a lot of times I have other things running. I set a reminder timer so I don't forget its existence. And, you know, you come back to it a couple hours and see where it's going. But, but yeah, it does take time. 
Sounds fantastic. The Epiphany Star Bread. Pastor Swirla, thanks so much for spending some time with us during this season and sharing your wonderful baking story with us. Well, blessed Advent and upcoming Christmas to you guys and uh, happy baking. To you as well. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golsa. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.